0: As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and today's episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. And on today's show, we are covering another Iowa loss. That's right, Iowa fell again. This highly anticipated men's basketball team fell for the fourth time in five games to Indiana, getting swept by a not-so-great Indiana Husers basketball team. And it's frustrating, so we're going to talk about that on today's show. We're going to talk about the defense, Um, why are we still in zone. We're going to talk about two-foul participation, what is going on with Joe Toussaint, the late game collapses, can this team win another game? I know that sounds silly, but you look at the schedule and it's tough to find a lot of wins on the schedule. Tony Perkins getting more minutes, the foul calling, officiating bad all around, and what's going on Fran? Should we fire him? Is, Is this, if he doesn't get of the season what's the deal is this the is this the peak of Iowa basketball I've been a huge Fran defender on this show I've talked a lot about Fran and how good of a coach he's been and how he pulls the right triggers especially early in the season. I've talked a lot about how the players love him whenever I talk to players all they talk about is how much they love Fran. But we're seeing this happen again and again, and, and I'm getting a little frustrated. And then the fact that he was a complete jerk to the media today, or yesterday, excuse me, was atrocious. We're going to get to that all in today's show. We'll wrap up by doing a very brief preview of the football schedule and men's wrestling. Finally, you know, getting two wins today, or yesterday, excuse me, I'm recording this on, on Sunday. Clearly, I'm on the Sunday mindset, but I'm going to talk about Iowa getting two big wins over two ranked Big Ten teams in the wrestling market so let's get to the basketball talk though uh first and foremost again iowa loses to indiana 67 to 65 on a last second shot and it was frustrating iowa had multiple big leads at times and they just couldn't get it done the collapse in the first half the collapse in the second half um iowa needs to be better and they just aren't and yes they're missing cj frederick quite a bit it's clear. S.J. Frederick is a big part of this team. We knew that, though. But when you have a team that is expected to make a run for the Final Four, a team that people are talking about as a national title contender, losing your third best player should not ruin your season. It's a big difference. I don't disagree with that, but it should not ruin your season. We should not be losing to Indiana twice. Indiana's a bubble tournament team. We should not be losing to them twice. Now, let's talk about defense first, because defense has been the hot topic. Iowa currently ranked 121st in Ken Kenpom, and they haven't been good. They've been getting worse and worse each and every game. I thought they played slightly better defense in this game, but still not good enough. Indiana helped them a lot just by not shooting the ball well. 26% from three, 36% total from the field. It, Iowa needs to get the hell out of zone. I, I'm sorry, but it's just not freaking working. Iowa cannot rotate well. They cannot do what they're supposed to well. Try man. I know Iowa doesn't have the athletes to guard a lot of people in the Big Ten, but they clearly don't have the communication abilities to play zone either. So why are we sticking in zone when we can't guard people and we're letting them get open three-point looks? Those are not only extra points compared to a two-point shot, but also momentum builders and momentum changers. So we need to do a better job on defense. And it starts with Switching up, playing playing a little bit more man. Getting guys in there who are willing to play man defense if they need to. Iowa has a deep bench. Use them to play man. Now we're gonna get to the bench in a second because I'm gonna basically contradict myself there. But Iowa has a deep bench, a deep bench of guys who can play man defense. We should not be just sitting in zone, letting guys shoot threes all over us all the time. It's getting ridiculous. But again, Indiana didn't really shoot the ball that well. However, they rebounded the ball very well. And one thing I want to point out too, we talk about you know one of the concerns of man defense is the fact that Iowa doesn't have the athletes to handle people on man defense. But Iowa does a pretty good job in the interior when there's not being ticky tack foul, fouls called to handle and direct and uh, you know redirect shots between Luke Garza and Jack Nungey. Heck, even Joe camp, Keegan Murray, Patrick McCaffrey, those are athletes who can get up and block shots if needed. And we saw that happen a couple times in this game. Iowa finished with five blocks. Uh, you look at who got those blocks, right? Keegan Murray won. Luka Garza one, Doby's Camp one, Dak Nungi, two. Iowa can can miss, you know, redirect shots in the lane. So let them try, let people try to drive into the lane and get over Luka Garza or get over Jack Nungi. I know it's protecting some of the guys, those guys from foul trouble potentially, but. Still, I think when you can't play defense, you need to maybe try a few things out, and I think it starts with maybe seeing a little bit more man defense, in my personal opinion. Now, I do want to get to the two-foul participation, because we all know Fran McCaffrey is not a big proponent of playing players with two fouls, and almost his entire starting lineup had two fouls early on in the first half. Luka Garza got his second foul at like the 12-minute mark and sat the entire rest of the first half. Now... I know, you know, Fran McCaffrey had a very jerk comment to say at the end of the, you know, after the game to the the media about that when asked why, you know, what was going on with the two foul participation. And here's my thoughts though. I have no problem with playing the bench, right? I, I do think the bench is pretty good. They had an off night tonight, or they had an off day to yesterday, excuse me. Uh, o of twelve from the bench from the field. Jack Nudgy, O of five, Patrick McCaffrey O of five, Aaron Ullis, O of one, Joe Tusant, O of one. That's not going to get it done offensively, but you got to trust the bench. You got to be able to go to the bench if needed, um, and and the bench has shown they can do some good things. They didn't have it yesterday. We saw that clearly. That's not you know not much we can do about. It. They just didn't have it. However, I'm not saying don't play the bench. I'm saying why are you sitting your All-American, National Player of the Year center for 12 and a half minutes? Why? You're playing zone to protect those guys from getting more fouls called. And you're just gonna sit him on the bench? He's a very intelligent player, and those fouls were crap. Indiana got a lot of good fouls in their favor. I thought the officiating was atrocious, in my opinion. Some again, very ticky tacky fouls. They're letting some things go and calling about everything on you know everything else. Especially you know, Frank McCaffrey got a technical off the Connor McCaffrey block. Um, I, I don't think it's feet were set, but the guy also pushed off and shoved Connor McCaffrey and Fran McCaffrey gets a T, also kind of a weak T. He just what is going, you know, basically what is going on here? Um, what was that? And got a technical from that. But again, I'm not saying the bench shouldn't be in there. I think the bench has done a phenomenal job this year and been a key component for why Iowa has won as many games as they had. But I don't get how you sit Luca Garza for that long. I just don't. How do you sit Luca Garza for 12 and a half minutes? The national player of the year played 28 minutes. Now he didn't have his best shooting performance, six of 14 from the field. But how do you shoot, or sorry, how do you sit your best player? I don't get it. And when asked about it, I thought Fran McCaffrey had about a, about of mean or jerkish of an answer as you can possibly have. I'm gonna play that for you right now. Just give me a couple seconds as I pull that up. But I, I thought it was pretty. Pretty embarrassing, um, his response to everything. So let me play that for you right now. You guys are unbelievable. You want me to play the bench. So I play, I give the, you know, the bench is in there because guys are in foul trouble. Then you want me to take them out. How do everybody get better? How are they ever going to improve? It's a ridiculous question, Mark. You should know better. <laughs> are you freaking kidding me, Fran? That's your response to that? You sat the national player of the year for 12 and a half minutes, and you want to call out a reporter for a question that everyone is asking? A respected reporter. You want to call him out for a question that everyone is asking? Be better, Fran. I defended Fran after the last game. I thought it was fair why he was upset. Right? Or, sorry, the Illinois game, excuse me. I thought it was fair. that The officiating was terrible. Um, he wasn't directing that towards the media. But you got to be able to answer that question when. The question is, why did you sit Luka Garza for 12 and a half minutes? He's a National Player of the Year. Indiana goes in a run. They, finish, they have a 9-0 run in a minute and 20 seconds. And, and this, again, I'm not blaming the bench at all. This is not their fault for losing this game at all. The bench has been a phenomenal piece of this team and one of the best things to watch. It's fun when the bench goes on runs against a Maryland or a Rutgers and gets Iowa back in games. They've done that at times. They didn't have it tonight, but they've done it at times. There was a few stretches there that were a bit tough to watch. Um, Late in that first half, we miss a shot. Or sorry, we get the ball stolen. They go down. They hit a two real quick. Iowa goes down, has a wide open. Patrick McCaffrey, wide open three. Misses it. Indiana runs down the court. Patrick McCaffrey blows the defensive assignment. And they hit a wide open three. Five points in a matter of 25 seconds. I even called on Twitter one of the worst one of the worst sequences of events I've seen in a long time. That was bad. That's how Iowa finished off that first half. That is not a good way to finish off the first half. If you can go into the first, the end of the first half with a 6-7 point lead and Luka Garza having sit on the bench for the entire basically half the first half, you consider yourself in a pretty good shape. Iowa ends up going into the first half with a deficit. After having that that big of a lead, so um, definitely I think a valid question, Fran. And don't be a jerk to the reporters. That's my thoughts. We're gonna talk a lot more about this game though coming up on segment number two of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. So stay tuned for that. Before we get into that though. There are a lot of sports going on right now. We got the NHL, we got college basketball, and we got the NBA. And you can put a little extra money in your pocket by going to betonline.ag and signing up today for a free account. If you can use the promo code Locked On, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. That's right. Go to betonline.ag. Use the promo code Locked On for that 50% welcome bonus. Betonline.ag is the one place that has you covered, and honestly, the one place I trust for all my betting needs. I go there every day. It's a lot of fun to put a little money in your pocket by winning. You know, winning some some games, especially prior to the last two weeks, Iowa was basically a sure bet. Uh, maybe they'll get back on track. Maybe you can bet some money on them, either direction, whichever one you feel, and get a little bit more money. And again, go to betonline.ag. Use that promo code Locked On for that 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Use that promo code Locked On for that 50% welcome bonus. Betonline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast at. Now let's turn our attention back to that game. A lot of things I wanted to cover. Let's get into the bench because we talked a lot about it on that first segment, but I don't understand what's going on. Why is Joe Toussaint only playing, let me check, four minutes did I miss something? I, 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 I'm at a loss for words. Joe just got four minutes. Did he? Did he piss someone off? Um, I think Aaron Ullis has a bright future. Six minutes for Aaron Ullis. Tony Perkins, 15 minutes. I do think Perkins is getting a lot more minutes now um, because he's a very active defender. He's one of the few guys who can drive into the lane under control. He's playing very mature. And so I have no problem with Tony Perkins playing. He also had three or four free throws. Did a pretty good job in that game. But I don't understand what's going on. Why aren't we playing Joe Toussaint more? Four minutes. And again, it's easy for me to be a couch coach and wonder why Joe Toussaint's not getting minutes, but his minutes are progressively declining, and I'm not seeing a decline in play. So I don't understand that. Also these collapses. Um to me, that's just that's that's just ridiculous. That's unacceptable. I was had leads in all their games and they've collapsed each time. You can't do that. They had a double digit lead against Indiana last time and lost it. You need to man up, play better defense, and hit some shots. Stop taking shots. And I know Iowa and what makes them successful is the fact that they can go on runs very quickly, right? You can turn a 10 point lead into a 25 point lead by hitting a couple shots. But work the clock a little bit, play much better defense. You shouldn't, that's not the time to let up. That is a mental thing at that point. I, I, Iowa doesn't have it in to close out games. And to me, that's a really big concern as we head into tournament time, as we head into the meat of our Big Ten schedule. And that gets me to my next point. Um, what's going on with Iowa basketball? Like When you look at the rest of their schedule, I don't see an easy win on that schedule. They got Rutgers. Rutgers is winning, won the last four games. Michigan State on the road. We saw how Iowa played against Michigan State, and it wasn't very good. And Michigan State gets a lot more calls in East Lansing. It's a tough place where Iowa has not traditionally been successful. Historically, they have not done well in East Lansing. They get Wisconsin. Wisconsin has struggled. That is a possible... But Wisconsin still is a top 25 team. And they're going on the road. Penn State, not a bad team. They get Ohio State on the road. We saw what happened when they took on Ohio State at home. Michigan on the road. Michigan has been one of the best teams in the country. So, this concerns me. I don't see an easy win here from here on out. And Iowa's got to turn it around. They get Rutgers in a couple days. They have to turn it around. They have to finish out this week with two wins. At least at least go into the six game stretch where probably, you know, they need they should have at least gone forward to possibly six. No, you gotta at least go three and three to right this ship. You don't win those two games. I, I'm starting to seriously question if Iowa makes a tournament. And I'm not saying Iowa's not gonna make the tournament now, but if they don't win those two games, you've gotta be concerned about this team. Because that is a brutal schedule they get left. Penn State, Ohio State. Michigan, Wisconsin, sorry, Wisconsin, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin. That's a tough lineup. That's a tough schedule to go against. And right now is arguably one of the easiest parts of their schedule, and they're not getting it done. That turns me to my next thing. C.J. Frederick is a huge loss. I know, again, when you lose a guy like C.J. Frederick, that is not a replaceable guy. But Iowa was expected to be a Final Four contender. All right, a Final Four contender. They lose arguably their third best player. Now, that's a big loss. Don't get me wrong. I think Cedar Frederick being back would help them win some of these games. But you would expect a Final Four contender with a deep bench like Iowa has to be able to make it work. They aren't. Who's to blame there? Is it Fran? Is it the defense? Is it the inconsistency from night to night of who's going to actually shoot the ball well? I think it's a mix of all three, in my personal opinion. Then you factor in there's been some tough officiating. You know, there's games where Iowa gets a lot of good good officiating calls in their favor, but the last couple games have not been that way. Illinois, terrible officiating. This game, I thought it was pretty bad officiating in the first half. The second half, not so bad, but the first half, absolutely atrocious. Just bad officiating all around. Now, it, I, I'm starting to question, this is supposed to be the best team France ever had. The most talented team Fran's ever had. We're looking at a team that's likely going to be 19th or 20th, I don't know, maybe 15th to 20th in the nation after the next AP poll comes out today. And if they don't win these next couple games, we're in a serious danger here. Iowa 13-6, lost four of their last five. I've asked players about the Fram Fade and they laughed it off, said it's not a real thing. We're going to talk about that on a future episode, probably tomorrow, about the Fram Fade and whether or not it's real. Because right now, it's looking a little real. It's a little concerning. Iowa just isn't getting it done. And when you have a team with the best player of the nation, you have... One of the best three-point shooters in the history of college basketball in Jordan Bohannon. You have a future NBA player potentially in Joe camp, And you have the athleticism that you have on the bench. A bench that has outscored starting lineups multiple times this year. You expect better. I have been a big proponent of Fran. I have been a big defender of Fran. I think Fran has definitely done a great job of revitalizing this program after the Todd Licklider years. I do not want to put that in doubt, right? Fran has done a great job of getting this program to where it's at, but if they lose that first game of the NCAA tournament, I think you have to seriously question if Fran's the right guy. You look at the minutes that are being played right now by some of these guys. You got to question whether the, some of these guys want to come back. I'm looking, you know, I'm Joe. Tucci, I'd be pissed if I were Joe. Tucci, not four minutes. The way Fran is handling the media and being incredibly rude about things that are on him. That's his fault. It's not just the team. It's not just these players. You know, we're seeing some inconsistent performances across the board. But Fran McCaffrey has also been an inconsistent coach the last five, six games. He has not been a good coach. He has not pulled the right strings to get these things done. And mentally, they're not strong enough to get these things done. They've collapsed multiple times in the last couple games. Indiana, they started off well against Indiana the first time. And then just completely dropped off the face of the earth offensively. Defensively, they can't they can't do crap defensively. And again, I don't agree with the two foul participation. I don't agree with how France handling media. It'll be interesting to see what happens versus Rutgers. That is I mean, to me, this was a very important game. This was a do or die game for Iowa of whether or not they were going to be a you know a six seven seed, four, six, four, five, six, seven seed, or a one, two, three seed. They're not winning a Big Ten title anymore. They're not getting a 1 seed, most likely. They're probably not getting a 2 or 3 seed at this point. We're looking at a 4 seed. Or 5 seed. That puts up against a 12 seed. That is a recipe for disaster for an Iowa team that cannot defend. If you get a team that shoots hot from 3, that's a recipe for Iowa losing that game. And being bounced in the NCAA tournament in the first round. After all this hype and potential, this is a team, this, except for Tyler Cook and Nicholas Bayer, Ryan Creener, two bench players, and... An NBA player. Two years ago, they took the second seed of Tennessee Volunteers to the wire in overtime. And here we are, two years later, with the national player of the year. We've added a ton of resources around him, a ton of talent. And we're we're looking at a team that looks in disarray. We don't know what's happening with this team. So it's very concerning here in Iowa, you know, very concerning in this Iowa Hawkeye community. We'll see what happens against Rutgers. We'll be breaking down that game on Wednesday. show. Coming up on segment number three, though, we're going to be talking about wrestling and the football schedule. That's all coming up on segment number three of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked on Sports Network. And I got to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market today. It is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It comes in 18 phenomenal flavors, and they have a couple of, Fantastic flavors coming out as well that you'll have to check out. Some of my personal favorites are the mint brownie, the salted caramel, and the cookies and cream. All these flavors, all these bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they are soft and easy to chew. So, like I said, these bars taste phenomenal. I love eating one in the morning for a breakfast or even just a, a snack after a workout. But the best part about these is that they have great taste, but they're also incredibly good for you as well. They are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber bars. One of my favorite flavors is cookies and cream. 130 calories, pack 17 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order for this phenomenal protein bar. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And just a reminder that we are going to be talking more about some of these things on tomorrow's show. We are going to be talking about the Fram Fade. We're going to be going into more details about the Iowa football schedule, and what it means for the Hawks. We have a lot of great content always coming up on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast, dropping every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Let's get back to the show, though. <sighs> Let's talk about some good stuff, right? That was a tough conversation. We talked a little bit about the basketball team, 20 minutes about Iowa basketball and what they did and did not do in this you know, on this Sunday matchup against Indiana, but let's talk a little bit about wrestling because the wrestlers did get it done, and they got it done despite being shorthanded, which is always a tough battle for them. Obviously, missing their head coach, uh, they had a dual lineup. That's not exactly what you're typically expecting either. They started multiple young guys in the lineup and still got it done, right? So Caleb Young was unfortunately held out All-American. Two-time All-American Caleb Young was held out due to COVID protocols. So not exactly what you're expecting. Against Purdue, it was actually a little bit closer than we anticipated. At 125, we didn't see Spencer Lee wrestle. We saw Aaron Cashman. And Purdue took down – Devin Schroeder took down Aaron Cashman, 18 to nothing. At 133, Austin DeSanto took down Jacob Rundle, 23-8 with a technical fall. They were tied at 5-5. Jaden Ironman got it done at 141. With a pin at 346. At 149, Max Mirren also got it down over Purdue's Trey Cross. At 157, in a tough go for Zach Axmere, he lost 18-6 versus Kendall Coleman. At 165, another insert here due to COVID issues. Purdue's Garrett, I can't say that name. At 165, Iowa lost. Joe Kelly fell and a pin. At 174, Michael Kemmerer got it back on track with a pin at 359. Iowa was up 21-15. to So again, a close match. At 184, Nelson Brands, unfortunately, was upset by Max Land. Uh 6-1. Hawkeyes were only up 22-18. Going into the next two matches, needed those big-time wins there. Jacob Warner took down Thomas Panola 9-4. Hawkeyes up 25-18, which is what was sealed the deal. Tony Cassiope over Dorian Keyes 8-1 or sorry, was leading 8-1 before he pinned him at 2 minutes and 15 seconds. Iowa won 31-18. So, um, fantastic for the men's wrestlers to get that win in a closer-than-anticipated matchup. Then Iowa went on to take on another-ranked team in Ohio State, and they got started hot, 11-0, after Austin DeSanto gets a 19-4 tech fall, and Spencer Lee crushes Brady Kunz... By a fall of, or in a fall in one minute and thirty-two seconds, Spencer Lee doing quick work again. Jaden Ironman pinned Anthony Ichimendia at five minutes and twenty-three seconds. The Hawkeyes were up seventeen to nothing. And what's funny about that, that pin in particular, is that Anthony was talking a lot of crap to Jaden Ironman. Jaden Ironman got his revenge. Um, also, seemingly hurt Anthony in the process um, on accident. But Iowa was up seventeen to nothing after that. Uh, unfortunately, Sammy Sasso ranked. Sammy Sasso took down Max Mirren at 149. At 157, uh, Brettley Reyna uh, got you know got taken down, lost four to three in a tough battle at 157. At 165, Zach, Zach Axmere lost again, eighteen to three in a tech fall. It was a, almost a tied game, 17 to 14, a close match with four matches left. Michael Kramer though got that win over Ohio State's Caleb Romero, three to one to put Iowa up 20 to 14. Nelson Brands takes down. Ohio State's Rocky Jordan three to nothing to give Iowa a bigger lead, and then we get Jacob Warner over Chase Singletary by eleven to one major decision. Iowa closes it out twenty-seven to fourteen before Tony Cassiope pins Tate Orndorff in four minutes and fifty-two seconds to win thirty-three to fourteen. Awesome stuff for the Iowa Hawkeyes wrestling squad that was fantastic to see um, them get the wins i know it was a tough tough day for basketball fans but it is always good to see iowa wrestling take care of business see iowa sports take care of business the golfers also um, doing fantastic. We're going to talk more about that on tomorrow's show. We're also going to talk about the women's basketball team. I did not get a chance to watch the game yet. I'm actually recording this early in the afternoon before you know getting ready for the Super Bowl, making some food for a little bit, you know, for a little party between my, you know my wife and I, making some good food for the Super Bowl. So um, didn't get a chance to watch all that. So we'll be covering all that on tomorrow's show. But the last thing I want to break down is that football schedule. We're going to go into more details tomorrow as well. But just quickly giving you the scoop we get Indiana at home September 4th to open up that open up the season September 11th at Iowa State September 18th Kent State September 25th Colorado State at home we go on the road to Maryland October 2nd we get Penn State at home Purdue at home we have an open bye week on the 23rd, thankfully, before we go on the road to Wisconsin and Northwestern and back-to-back weeks, finishing up with the home series against Minnesota and Illinois, and then finally our Black Friday game against Nebraska. I have a lot of thoughts about this schedule. I will say that Wisconsin-Northwestern back-to-back is going to be very tough for Iowa, but outside of that, I love this schedule. I absolutely love it. Iowa State going to be a really tough battle. Iowa State is going to be a great team next year, but when I'm looking at the schedule on paper to me, it looks like I, – I, I predict nine wins at this point, um, possibly ten. You know, I think if you can just win one of the Iowa State, Wisconsin, Northwestern games, that will be huge. Preferably, I know Iowa fans would love to be Iowa State, as would I, but you'd rather win that Big Ten game. If you can get a win over Wisconsin, Northwestern, or Northwestern, excuse me, that would be huge for Iowa football. We're gonna be breaking down what our early season predictions are on tomorrow's show, though. Again, I kind of gave you the brief hint of it. I'm predicting nine and three or ten and two. That's my thoughts going into the season. Obviously, all dependent on quarterback play for the Iowa Hawkeyes. That does do it though for our show today. Hope you enjoyed a. Month- Monday morning episode of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast. Hope you're able to enjoy the little therapy session of walking through men's basketball. We have another basketball game against Rutgers this week. Let's see if we can get back on track with that. Hope you all had a fantastic weekend. Hope you have a fantastic Monday. And as always, Hawkeye Nation, let's go Hawks.